0: This is Aiden Knight, and you are listening to Wrestle Life Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Wrestle Life Radio, episode 170. I'm your host this week, Kyle Polly, and I'm joined by Micah. How's it going, Micah?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I think we actually got the episode number right this week. I think so. Fingers crossed. Uh, Nobody yeah. correct us. If you don't correct us, we won't know.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you won't know either. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, we uh, we got an exciting show this week.
0: Yeah, I was thinking it's pretty good show. We had a lot, we got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, we're obviously building to blood and guts, which is always exciting. Yeah, and it's next um, week,
0: that's crazy to think about.
1: Yeah, it's it kind of crept up on me too. I didn't realize it was, you know, coming so fast. But like they, through
0: the whole show, I was thinking it's two weeks from now, and because um, it's actually like the day before mine and my wife's anniversary. And then I realized, no, way, we're going on our anniversary trip this next week. Okay, so I guess it's next week. And then I was like, well, they haven't, they haven't set all this stuff up. But then they just did all of it this episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, supposedly they were just originally going to do the Blood and Guts. It's like a one-match show, which is bold. <laughs> like, I kind of like the you...
0: idea. If the match was like an hour. I don't know how long they're planning. Ma- I think the match is going to be 30 to 45 minutes. But if it would have been a one-hour match... Like, I could see it working, having a few uh, promos, vignettes. But the problem is, I think a lot of people would have tuned out for the vignettes and uh, tuned back in when the match started. But I guess they don't have NXT to switch to anymore, so.
1: Yeah, and like what, they just do a bunch of vignettes before and then they're like, yeah, they'd have to do something if they wanted to do that. Uh, but they actually decided not to do that, So, <laughs> which I think is a better idea. Because they sold tickets to this thing as well, and um, to just have one show for the crowd. Here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. There is only one match for the crowd. All of the other matches are pre-taped. They're going to be on the screen. The only match that will be live is the match beyond the Blood and Guts match. Yeah, Hmm. the reason they said they're doing that is because they have to set up the two rings and the cage, and they wouldn't have time to switch back and forth. That makes sense. So the other matches are pre-taped. Um, yeah, like Matthew and Carol were talking about it because they're obviously going. They always go. I'm jealous. But yeah. uh, it, it's like $25 for a ticket. And on like one hand, you only get like one match, but it's the first ever blood and guts match for AEW. I think it's worth $25 to go.
1: And maybe the last. We don't know.
0: <laughs> maybe. Who knows?
1: Yeah. it's uh. So yeah, that's interesting. They, I mean... They hadn't advertised any other matches, and they still like sold out. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean it's, people bought it. That's the reason this, people go. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll have plenty
0: of other things. You know, Justin Roberts always did a good job of keeping the crowd going rowdy, and I'm sure Jericho or MJF will come out and cut a promo only to the crowd. I mean, they just had the they just had the house show. Uh, they could do a couple dark matches in the in the ring. That would be kind of cool. We we don't know for sure. They may have more than just that one match.
1: Listen, if they're smart, they would just like film a couple dark matches and like put them uh, dark matches to put on dark. Like, you know,
0: in the ring, in the two, in the the cage.
1: No, that'd be pretty cool. That would be really
0: cool. Actually, if they did like a main event of AEW Dark Elevation, do like uh, Darby Allen versus Sam, or I guess it wouldn't be Sammy Guevara. uh, Darby Allen versus Joey Janela. In the, in the cage, they could do some cool stuff with that.
1: Well, so one reason that I was like, I'm kind of surprised to hear that they're filming a couple before and, you know, just playing them because the ring set up and everything. When WCW used to do war games back in the day, they would just have the two rings set up and they would just have normal matches with two rings. Yeah. And it made yeah, it like I was thinking. a lot more interesting. Like that's just how they did it. And yeah, but they can't drop in the main event. they, they just have to build it. the
0: cage around the rings. Gotcha. That's the. I guess it deal. makes sense
1: because it's outdoor. They to, yeah,
0: there's nothing to hoist it from in Daily's place. They can withstand the weight. Yeah. Um. I would. I think it'd be fine to have the matches in a cage, though. Just have every match in a cage. Sure. I'm curious how the visibility will be too for the crowd. I've never seen a cage match in person. Have you ever seen a cage match in I, in I person? Would, um. I don't think so. As long as they don't make it red, I'm sure it'll be fine.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> um. And I would imagine they would build it horizontally because, I mean, you've been to Daily Spice. I haven't, but just from a, you know, doing it like vertically, like it's facing the stage would seem like it would be harder to see through that. Like just having the rings stacked on top of each other because it's basically a U-shape around it, but still, yeah, that would be kind of weird. So hopefully they do it horizontally so at least the crowd can see.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty stressed. Way, I, I, that's the only way it would fit, I would believe.
1: And they have a hard game that way too. Curious so. where they're
0: getting the other ring. I think they only have one ring. I guess they're going to borrow one, <laughs> or they could just buy one there. They're
1: one lovely. one's getting shipped from uh, Nashville, maybe.
0: Yeah, it would be it would be really funny if they had like an NXT ring in there and like forgot to take the logo out. Like, yeah, we <laughs> borrowed it, borrowed it from Orlando, just shipped it or over. Just two the different size center. rings. Well, I guess Cody has another ring. They get the 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 performance or whatever the Nightmare Factory or just the factory now. We'll talk about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be yeah a very interesting show. It's yeah it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Hopefully, it bumps their ratings up because as we talked about before, uh, they did slide a little bit in the ratings this week. But this this does kind of gain like an like an asterisk beside it because we had the um, presidential address from uh, President Biden. Which in the past, um, when like Trump was speaking or the election was going on, uh, or there was a debate, well, for whatever reason, like politics, uh, when well, something big happens in the world and politics in the news, you know, news media is like covering something big, it draws away from wrestling. So um, yeah, it, and, and here.
0: I think this just proves that Biden is a draw. And you may be thinking, well, who's Biden ever beaten? Biden's beaten a WWE Hall of Famer. So it's true. He's A draw. I mean, people are going to tune in.
1: Well, but did he, uh, but it was, but was it was a swerve. Did he actually beat him?
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: did he cheat was to it, win?
0: Was it the uh, what was what was the Vince McMahon thing? the American screw job? Yeah, was it a screw job? <laughs> yeah, the DC screw job. That's what we'll, we'll call it. Know.
1: But yeah, it's so they they took a little bit of a hit this week in the ratings, uh, down to. Uh, what was it? The eight hundred and eighty nine thousand. Yeah,
0: like eight eighty nine, which is still better than they were doing against NXT. So it's not a bad rating, but they've been doing exceptional here lately. And I think they'll be. Gosh, man, I wouldn't be surprised to see one point two, one point three million for next week at all. Yeah, uh, it'll
1: it'll definitely be over a million because it's it's their big show, and this one was kind of like. It, it was a show that I mean, it was for what it was. It actually turned out to be pretty or Pretty entertaining, but yeah. um it was it had a lot of like I felt we're just building the blood and guts, which is fine. I mean, is you know all it was, but it's it cool, did so. seem like a show that you could miss. Um, you know, yeah, something like, like a couple super segments. important
0: happened. Yeah. Like there was nothing that like would be completely ruined for you if you waited till the next day to watch it.
1: Yeah, there were a couple things on the show that were actually of note that we'll get into, but um, Most of it was pretty much just filler to get to next week, but not not bad. It wasn't really good matches, though. Yeah, entertaining. So, you know, it's still worth the watch if you watch it. But if you miss it, not the end of the world. But we will get into it right now. And um, really, to start off the show, this was kind of one of the more surprising things of the night and one of the most noteworthy things of the night. We uh, started with Brian Cage versus Hangman Page.
0: Page versus
1: Cage, yes, very true. Uh, obviously, Hangman last week went up against Ricky Stark, and um, or was it last week or two weeks ago? Last week. Okay, last I week, thought yeah. so, but I I can't remember nowadays. Uh, so yeah, last week uh, Hangman beat Ricky Stark, and that brought out uh, Brian Cage, who then beat him up. So Taz joins commentary uh, as Page was making his entrance. All of Team Taz run out beat him up darker dark order runs out to make the save but cage ends up planting page on the stage (laughs) that's a mouthful with a power bomb this
0: this would not work in wwe brian putting the fans in the rage (laughs) so uh yeah you would have brian and hangman uh with christian but i guess hey that did happen uh with christian and ethan that would be those would be the, the the fact that their names are so similar. I understand that they don't really change people's names when they come to AEW, but it's it's really confusing having Christian Cage, Brian Cage, Ethan Page, Hangman Page, in a steel cage.
1: If they don't eventually have a Page and Cage versus Page, page and Cage, <laughs> yeah,
0: Page and Page versus Cage and Cage in a steel cage. Yes. Yeah, they need to have it for sure. Sorry, don't let me interrupt you <laughs> with
1: my rambling this is a really good match. Um, but what was noteworthy about it, basically, uh, because Hangman was hurt. Brian cage beat the snot of it out of him the entire time. Just yeah. like, he still ma- this, like a Darby, all Darby Allen match. Like he was very he was much the
0: Darby in this match.
1: Yeah. I mean, cage took like easily like 85, 90% of this match, just like destroyed Adam page, the whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just waiting for page to make his comeback and pick up the win. Uh, so he starts to make his comeback. And then Brian Cage uh, kills him, hits him with Power Bomb, hits a Buckle Bomb, hits the Drill Claw, and beats Hangman Page. Yeah, for the upset victory.
0: Kind of clean, like they had the early fight, the uh, the run in, and I did. I think it was really good by Excalibur. He pointed out immediately: Would Hangman Adam Page have had it in him to win this match if they wouldn't have beat him? You know, just if, if he wouldn't have came into this match with a disadvantage, right? Right. which is really good to point out to keep your baby face, you know, strong. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought this was going to happen. Honestly, Hangman Adam Page is my favorite wrestler, but they have to keep him from that number one spot. He cannot face Kenny Omega right now. It's too soon. He needs to go until maybe all out. So he has to have a little bit of a setback going uh, into double or nothing to get him away from that number one spot. So there's not an argument, hey, he needs to be facing Kenny. And we don't see him calling out Kenny or anything like that. And not only that, Brian Cage needed this win way more than Hangman did. He needed some television victories. He's got a lot of you know uh, dark victories or whatever. But when is was the last time Cage got a big win on TV, like on Dynamite? I, I, I can't tell you. I think he definitely needed this here. I think Team Taz needed this here. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fault this at all. And uh, I'm sure going into. Uh, double and nothing we'll probably get Team Taz versus the Dark Order with Hangman. Maybe a good bad and a Hungy versus uh Hobbs, Cage and Starks. I think that would be pretty good. Where, cool.
1: Where's where's Johnny Hungy been by the way? He's he wasn't on the show. His Was shoulders it?
0: messed up. Yeah he wasn't okay. on the show. He's he's still rehabbing a shoulder. Um I think they said two to four weeks last week. Gotcha. so,
1: so he should be back by
0: he should be back for double guts over. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean I was kind of not surprised. I mean, they they did, as you said, he he is the number one contender. Uh, but they made it a point, just like they did last week, to repeatedly say, Paige is the number one guy. Yeah. So it's a, a big win for uh, Brian Cage. And like you said, it holds off Hangman from uh, Kenny Omega for a while. Because uh, it looks like they're building up Omega versus either Moxley or possibly Eddie Kingston. Um,
0: I think... What they're going to do is Kingston and Moxley versus the Bucks at Double or Nothing. And I think Christian's going to work his way up real
1: quick. That's possible. They're
0: going to get Christian versus Kenny.
1: One, I'm s- I'd am be surprised to see what they do too, because like, obviously Christian's, as we'll see later, uh, he's also kind of feuding with Team Taz, but they're also feuding with Hangman. So yeah, I'm not sure if like Hangman and Christian are going to team together, which I would love to see that.
0: That would be um, good. Yeah, that would be good actually, yeah.
1: So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But, um, yeah, Paige picking up a loss here, which, and like you said, they did did have a, not an excuse, but something to say like, hey, this guy came in, he got, you know, wrongfully attacked. And, you know, then he took a beating as a result of it. So it kind of hindered him being able to fight back. So, and Brian Cage is a monster. So it makes complete sense.
0: I really liked it because it wasn't like he came in and swung a chair at him, right? So that doesn't like completely dis disavow what Brian Cage just did, right? Right. But he didn't cleanly win win there. So it kind of makes them both look strong. It's it's a good way to book it.
1: Yeah. And whenever whenever Page did have offense, he sold his like back and was like selling the beating they took. So it was definitely a factor. So yeah, good. If you're gonna make him lose, this is probably the best way to do it. And it gives him a program to work on until he's you know ready to move on to whatever's next, if it be Omega or, you know, somebody else because hey maybe somebody else uh you know slowly climbs the ladder and kind of you know picks up a bunch of wins and you know makes an argument for uh the number one spot and page could go after him after so yeah we'll see
0: yeah i thought originally maybe they would have page go for the tnt title so he wouldn't have to lose right now but uh, i think that's going to end up going to miro if i had to guess
1: and Darby's so hot right now, I kind of wouldn't want to see him and Paige get yeah. into it. I would yet. like
0: to see Darby versus Miro at Double or Nothing.
1: Yeah. And then I would That'll like to see part.
0: Miro murder him just like Brody murdered <laughs> Cody for the TNT title. Like they don't Darby's need had have... his
1: fair share of uh, close close uh, murders in the yeah, uh, they don't, last couple they weeks. don't.
0: They don't need to have Darby like scrap by from Miro. Like, Miro needs to like leave him in a heap broken bones like he needs to carry that title out looking like a monster. And I think that's probably what they're going to do. We'll see.
1: I do. And at least before that happens, see Darby pick up some wins against like uh who's the big dude that's with Peter Avalon. I know he sucks, but Cesar he's Minori. a big guy. Yes. Like yeah. have him just come out and kill that dude. And then just say like, well, I mean, he has wrestled like a bunch of big dudes lately. Maybe he's getting the hang of this. You know, he's, yeah, He'll just let him kill somebody like that before they just like They're feed him. are probably
0: gonna have Archer versus Darby here soon. I don't know, we'll talk about that a little later in the show. Yeah, so we got time for that.
1: Yes, so yes, hangman losing here, so pretty surprising. Uh, we then move to the elite in a limousine celebrating Kenny Omega's title victory. Uh, who didn't have the belt there, but they made an excuse by saying we had to get a whole other vehicle to carry all these belts. So that was a good cover-up. Actually, it was, it
0: was recorded before he won the belts.
1: So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they covered up the fact that uh yeah. that he did not have all the belts with him at the time. But um, yeah, so we He's had got Omega. four
0: belts now. Yeah. TNA, and Impact, he, AAA, and AEW. That's crazy. He
1: he better walk out with that against that uh, in that tag match with Moxley and Kingston and have all those belts with him.
0: I have heard. That he cannot carry the AAA title out to the ring unless he's facing a AAA uh, or defending the belt. Unless he's defending the AAA belt or facing a AAA wrestler. I don't know if that's true, but the only time we've seen him w- with it on Dynamite is when he defended it against Sammy and when he faced Pentagon and Phoenix, who are both AAA wrestlers. So, I don't know. Curious, as we we'll will well see. <laughs> it, that may be why he's carrying the TNA and the Impact, just so it looks like he has three. Because he technically really does have three, not four, but
1: yeah. Either way. But the impact is like two belts for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. But But I I thought the segment was really funny.
1: Yeah. So they're basically all in a limousine, all the the elite, Omega, Calus, Young Bucks, the Good Brothers, uh, Carl Anderson not wearing pants, apparently. Uh they're talking about, you know, Omega's victory. Said that um they had people like Moxley and Kingston trying to rear their lives, destroy their trailer, but they're not going to be intimidated or scared. When all of a sudden a horn goes off and everybody jumps. Somebody's holding a water bottle. I think it was callous and slung water everywhere. They're terrified. It turns out it was just Michael Nakazawa in the front seat who actually hit the wrong button on the vehicle. <laughs> the wrong button, you know, the horn button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some cars have a horn button, I think. Um So Omega said Kingston would, uh, we come face to face this uh tonight with Nakazawa not him. So um he sent in one of his goons to face uh Eddie Kingston later in the show. And Nakazawa like looked back at the camera like oh god. <laughs> he just like slowly looked from the front seat like huh? What's like a with? lamb
0: being led to the slaughter.
1: Yes. Uh after this we got an awesome tag match. Yeah, it really uh, was. Uh Don Callis came out for commentary and we had the AEW World Tag Team Champions The Young Bucks versus Matt Seidel and Mike Mike Seidel, um, yeah, really good match. Basically, if uh, Matt and Mike win this match, they get a shot against the Young Bucks. Um, basically, Young Bucks dominated through most of the match. Then Matt and uh, Mike kind of got momentum late in the end. Had Matt and Nick on the ropes essentially at the end um matt was able to hit uh hurricane rana on nick he uh basically went for a second on matt and then uh basically got sent crashed into the mat mike tagged in uh he tried to run in he got like a johnny cage style low blow from matt
0: great looking right at the camera
1: yeah and uh basically the, the referee was distracted when this happened the young bucks grabbed him uh the, oh they they also super kicked matt when he tried to get up on the apron they set up Mike, hit him with the BTE trigger, and picked up the win. Just a very, very entertaining. I mean, as you'd expect for these these guys. Uh, and young bucks were, if there was any question if they're babyface or heel, I mean, they're complete heels at this point.
0: And there's so they're, much. Not better. only in the
1: segments, but yeah, they're in this match. They're just like, you know, getting the crap beat out of them. They're selling everything. They're just cocky and arrogant. They're so
0: much more engaging as heels. Like, his baby faces, they're just kind of there, and they're good wrestlers. But they, like, get in with the audience. They work the camera. They are much better as heels, in my opinion. Also, this is the second time that they've worn the literal same jacket as WWE's own Seth Rollins. That is the Monday Night Messiah jacket that Matt with Jackson wore to the ring. And a few weeks ago, they wore the red jacket that he wore. So I think they're just borrowing Seth Rollins' gear. (laughs) because they want to look like douchebags. And, I mean, what better person to take gear from if you want to look like a douche?
1: Sure. (laughs) He'd probably tell you he is right now.
0: Yeah, and he actually even tweeted out that they are stealing his gimmick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, very, very entertaining match. Uh, Like I said, as you would expect from these guys. And, yeah, just just put over that uh, Matt and Nick are douches now.
0: Yeah, they're like the kids in high school – that you went to that were like really popular in high school and then just never grew out of it. And now they think they're still really cool and they're wearing all this crazy outlandish stuff. That's what they remind me of.
1: Yeah, I can see that. After the match, we had uh Brandon Cutler coming out. He starts spraying down the young bucks with cold spray. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that was great. Um, he's like spraying them down. You have SC- ice packs. What was that?
0: He gave them ice packs too.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So he's just like basically icing them down, cooling them down, and just basically pampering them. Uh, then we have SEU coming out, and like as they're talking to the young bucks, Brandon Cutler still like spraying them. Like he's off camera, and you see this spray like coming out on him, just hilarious. But basically, SEU comes out, Kazarian starts recapping that they haven't lost since they made the proclamation that if we lose, we'll break up. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've been doing this on dark. Yeah, right. Like not really on the main show, which I wish they would at least be doing some matches on the main show. But whatever. So they come out and basically say they were looking forward to wrestling their friends, but they do not see their friends out here. They see, uh, you know, a bunch of douchebags. Basically, they say that we're the number one contenders and we're ready for the Bucks. So just sign on the dotted line. So it sets up Young Bucks versus SCU. Um. It was it was weird because, a we haven't seen these guys on Dynamite in a long time, and they just come out and say hey, we're the number one contenders, we've been winning, we haven't lost yet. I mean, I I get that you know Dark is a thing, but still, like I said, I would rather see them winning some on the main show, and then later on we got an announcement that there's going to be a tag team match. Um, Teddy Long, a tag team match against <laughs> okay, The Undertaker <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on blood and guts. That's going to feature the um, Varsity Blondes, Dress Express. Who are the other guys? Um, two uh, other teams, basically that are not in the like top. Like we have like Death Triangle. We've got SU who are claiming the number one tag team. We've got Best Friends. Like, all these guys who are not in that match. And I was just like, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just very confusing. Like, I don't know what these rankings mean anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they kind of mean what they want to mean when they want to mean it.
1: So, yeah, we got a bunch of, uh, it's like four different teams in a match. Uh, Let me see if.
0: It's SCU versus Jurassic Express versus Varsity Blondes versus the Acclaimed.
1: Wait, SCU is in that?
0: Yes, it's very strange. I thought the same.
1: I actually didn't even realize that.
0: Yeah, so they're going to
1: play at the time. I, I did see the acclaimed Varsity Blondes and Jurassic Express, but yeah, I can't believe he is actually in that. So I thought they were going to get a shot of the Bucks, but I guess they're winning this match.
0: Yeah, they're 100% <laughs> yeah. winning this match.
1: So, spoiler alert. Uh, I thought they'd actually made the match in the segment, but I guess not. I, I must have just misunderstood. But. Anyway, so I guess they're part of that match (laughs) and then they'll win and become no more contenders. So yeah, very confusing here. Uh, Yeah. So good match angle after it is what it is. Basically setting up SU versus Young Bucks. So then after this, we get a promo from Jade Cargill. She talks about all the different managers and AEW wanting to sign her, but they all want a piece of the cut. And she said, she's not going to do that. That's not how this works and that's basically that's it.
0: that is how this works actually like you have a manager <laughs> and they take a picture. this is a stupid promo like i'm I'm not gonna let this go by this was stupid this was poorly written what are they trying to point out like there's like all these managers want me on their team but i have to give them some of my money that's not how this works i am that b this is so stupid this was dumb i hated it okay we can move on now i got it out of my i system. mean does
1: she want a manager or does she not
0: I don't know. I don't know what she wants. <laughs> yeah. She wants people to realize that she's that B.
1: I guess. So. I like unless... Jake
0: Cargill. I think she's getting better on the mic, but this is a stupid vignette. And it wasn't. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know if she wrote it or not. If she did, then it's her fault. But if she didn't, then whoever wrote this is stupid. This is dumb.
1: And they just played like random. Like they had Matt Hardy with Snoop Dogg and and uh, Private Party. Like, hey, remember that time then... Snoop
0: Dogg was on our program?
1: Yeah. And. <laughs> Uh, Vicky Guerrero just talking to the camera, like just random flashbacks. So
0: Never seen them interact with her.
1: This was the first of like a couple spots on the show that I felt were very thrown together. Like that's that's what I mean by like, there were some segments on the show that did like, that were kind of important, but there were a lot of things that like felt kind of rushed and thrown together on the show. And yeah, uh, this was one of them. It felt like it was very just like, there it's like oh we need a promo for jade Jade Carg. it seemed like a very wwe thing for them to do like just yeah there were a couple things on the show like that but this yeah. kind of felt like one of them so yeah. I'm, I'm there with you D- didn't make much sense then we had uh orange cassidy versus Penta el zero Miero. uh alex abrahantes translated a promo for him he says uh Penta says he's going to beat orange cassidy to a pulp uh he comes out on stage with uh, Penta. He looks like a complete geek. <laughs> like, I kind of like him, but he is very nerdy. Like, it's hard to take Penta serious when he's there with him. Like, he's very much a. Yeah, he's he's very over he the looks, top. But like,
0: he looks like a Make a Wish kid won, like <laughs> a trip to be the manager for Pentagon.
1: Yeah, it, it's strange. Like, I he, actually he like
0: him. I like him in this role. I think it's funny. But it's not; it, it's more from a funny standpoint, not a serious. Like I'm not taking him seriously, right? Like, yeah, I don't, like he's, I don't he's definitely he's not like a a Paul
1: Heyman, like a, yeah. And I don't think he's trying to be, but you know how Paul Heyman is like; he, he's with the top guy. He's you know somebody who seems sinister, like somebody you can't trust. He seems. like I do a not get the same vibe kinda, like he seems Abrahantes. powerful,
0: even not from like a physical standpoint. But I I feel nothing from Alex everhantes except for comedy relief.
1: Yeah, he seems like a nerdy translator, which
0: is fine. It it doesn't have to be the same way every time. You don't have to have like a a powerful manager. Sometimes you just have to have to have somebody that you know talks a lot. And I think. But if if
1: Penta's going to be this guy who's like, well, of course I don't. I don't even know if he. He's a heel now, but I mean, there's been times where he's been a babyface, and he's in a faction called Death Triangle.
0: Who are babyface?
1: Well, then they got a guy named the Bastard in there, and. Phoenix that comes in and just like kicks people's heads off and he decapitates him basically. It's very strange for Alex Aberhuntes to be with these guys, is all I'm saying. But he's with him. He comes out like a geek. (laughs) He's posing on the stage. Uh Orange Cat's that came out, did his, you know, deal. He's got Trent with him.
0: Trent question mark. Yeah. JR is always like, why does he have that question mark?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They've never really explained it. Nobody nobody uh,
0: tell JR. He's gonna keep asking.
1: So uh this was a good match. It this match had some
0: bad psychology in it though.
1: It did. I, I don't really there, want to get it into just, it, but like there very was bad overbooked. psychology in this match. Yeah, just a lot of overbooked, a lot of overthinking. Very similar to the Trent penta match that like was good, but just had a lot of like like Alex just grabbing the mic. Obviously, he did that again in this match. But just yeah, there was this match needed to be edited a little bit more. And, like, there was a spot where Orange, like, literally got hit with a Canadian destroyer. Like, he immediately gets up and Pinta yeah. goes for the package pile driver. Orange picks him up, hits him with the uh, beach break. Like, yeah, just I, no soul. the destroyer. There
0: no, There was a lot of no selling And, like, I get it. Like, modern wrestling is different than it used to be, right? And I'm a fan of modern wrestling. But even me, someone who is a really big fan of Orange Cassidy, really likes modern wrestling. I'm like, okay, well, wrestling is just, like, whatever now, Right. Like we're not pretending any of this is real, because like he would get hit by these big devastating moves, and he would just like, oh, I can still do a stunner. Oh, I can still do this. I mean, it's kind of the style of of Pentagon and Phoenix. They're kind of the same way. Like mm-hmm. Phoenix does that thing, which looks awesome, but it's kind of aggravating to me. Where he'll get super kicked, but he'll super kick you back before he sells the super kick. Like, it's I get it. Wrestling's not real, and it's just a show, but it kind of gets on my nerves. When stuff like this happens, like it, it just doesn't make any sense. And that happened a few times in this match. And I, I mean, I don't mean to come off like a Jim Cornette or something, but I do think that wrestling should, they should at least try to make it make sense. And that's when wrestling's good to me, in my opinion. But
1: And, and I, like I said, Penta's like a guy you would at least want to take things a little seriously. Like, I mean, look at Orange Cassidy when he, he went up against um, Pac. Like, yeah. he was still Orange Cassidy but Pac didn't put up with his crap and beat the snot out of him when he tried to do it until he made orange fight back. Basically like that's how some of these matches would go. Like of course you have, you know, some matches where orange just does orange Cassidy stuff. And he has a guy who can do that with him, like a Colt Cabana or somebody who will kind of match him in that. But I don't really want to see Penta doing that kind of stuff. Like it shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't be that. And that was kind of a lie here. And as you said, not just the like goofy comedy stuff, but, the no selling and all that type of stuff. Cause yeah, it actually I don't think
0: the match was bad. Like, I think they laid out the match pretty well because orange Cassidy basically came off as somebody who's completely like outclassed, like Pentagon's the better wrestler here. Right. And whereas last week, Alex Everhantez was the upper hand for getting Pentagon over Trent, right. Making Trent not look that bad in a, in a loss and the microphone got involved. This week, Alex Eberhontes got in the way of Pentagon and basically distracted the ref and allowed Orange Cassidy to use the microphone against Pentagon with the arch punch, which I think was kind of a cool thing to do. Like, you can argue that it's a heel move, but I think it's kind of cool to have a baby face kind of smarten up and be like, hey, you're going to do this. I'm going to do it too. I mean, you do this against my friend. I'm going to use it against you. All's fair. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind that at all, but I, I didn't I didn't care for the no selling which I mean, it happens a lot. It's, it's indie wrestling pretty much. And that's kind of what has translated its way into AEW through a lot of performers. I mean, look at the young bucks, Lucha brothers. They're kind of the worst worst of it and their matches are always great and entertaining, but it it does happen a lot.
1: So the only issue that I had, I mean, I agree that like the overall story wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad. Like it's, I'm trying to look this up real quick. Yeah. So they said it in this match as well. Orange Cassidy. I agree that like if, if Trent is um, you know, if he, if Alex Alperantes was needed for Penta to, you know, beat Trent last week. Like, I do like the idea of, you know, the baby face is kind of one upping and like learning from their mistakes at least. And being able to get, you know, get their revenge on the heel. That's fine but him being the clear better wrestler over orange Cassidy here made no sense to me because orange Cassidy currently is number two in the AW rankings. Yes. So it shouldn't be, he shouldn't be the one that is like clearly inferior to Penta.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree.
1: Yeah. So it, it just, it wasn't a bad match, but like you said, there were, some psychology that wasn't great in this. Oh, and I forgot to say. So as I was saying earlier, it was not only ridiculous that orange Cassidy just no sold a destroyer and picked up Penta and hit him with a beach break, but he went to go pin him. And as we've seen in WWE before, his shoulder was like kind of off the mat when orange went to go pin him. So the referee sees this and he counts one, sees his shoulders up and like puts his hand around him. And he's like, Oh, oh his shoulders up and orange just like, Stops, he, he just like gets off the pin. He's like, oh, didn't get him. Yeah. And then the announcers are like, well, he, he got a shoulder up. And I was like, no, he was dead. And Orange like picked his shoulder up. And then he just gave up on the pin. <laughs> and then they just got up and started wrestling again. So yeah, just, I think
0: it was a cool idea of a spot to have the ref point out, hey, his shoulder's down to the mat.
1: But If it was going to save him, but like... Orange yeah. just like didn't go for the pin after that. Like if it if it bought him a little extra time for then for him to kick out at like nine point or two point nine five, great. But that's not what happened. He just like gave up on the pin and they just like got him start wrestling again. So basically, Orange ended up getting the advantage after Pinta went for the uh, package pile driver. Um, Cassidy, you know, got got the advantage. Uh, which then brought up Alex Alberantes with the microphone to try to cut another promo. Cassidy got distracted again. Um, and the, the microphone, basically Cassidy threw Alperhontes into the ring, which caused him to drop the mic. Trent grabbed the mic. Uh, the referee got uh, Alex Alperhontes out, but then Penta, you know, super kicked him. But then it allowed uh, Trent to throw the mic into uh, orange Cassidy or, or no, did, did Trent actually hit him? I think Trent actually hit him.
0: Uh, orange Cassidy hit him.
1: He hit him with the mic? Yeah, he hit remember. him with
0: the Superman punch.
1: Oh, that's right. So he hits him with the mic. Then he's able to uh, hit the Superman punch, the orange punch, and pick up the win. So just, as you said, there was it wasn't a horrible match, but psych, some kind of psychology in this match just wasn't done very well. It was a little overbooked, in my opinion, and just wasn't as clean as it should have been. So but as it remains, Orange Cassidy still the number two ranked, which when that they when they said that, I was kind of like, is he really? he be the <laughs> he number one kinda, right now. Yeah. So maybe he'll be doing he'll Orange Cassidy
0: one versus Kenny at Dublin I think. God, I hope not.
1: <laughs> he might be. I was gonna say somebody might sneak up now that uh well hey since if uh Tay Conti loses and Britt Baker jumps her automatically, maybe maybe now Orange Cassidy jumps hangman. Oh, he makes, definitely does, makes sense. I think, I think he's definitely so, number
0: one. Maybe we'll see Miro come in and beat him really quick.
1: Maybe. It would, you know, kind of close the door on there. I mean, I know their feud is few just kind of over, but yeah, it would kind of launch him up into the rankings and have some reason for him to go after like a Darby or something. Yeah. So maybe, but anyway, after this, we have an interview with Britt Baker and rebel from Tony Schiavone. Uh, Pretty typical Britt Baker promo, but was very good as it always is. She says she's the top of the food chain. She's top in merch ratings. And now the women's division rankings, which is great because at first the rankings didn't matter. It was all about the merch and the, and the uh, ratings. But now, yeah. now that she's on top of the rankings. She points it out. So very heel of her it's, to do and very fantastic. Great. I like it. So, um, she said that uh she's the face of the women's division and it's time for a new champion. She uh says she's the number one contender, makes everybody hold up, including Tony, the number one sign, and she does the D and D, and Tony does along with her. Great poema from Britt as always, and um, yeah, it's fantastic.
0: She's always great.
1: Have they have they set up the match between her and uh, Sheeta yet, or she just caught out? Yeah, they haven't best.
0: officially announced it. She's going to be in action this week. Which means she's gonna squash some enhancement talent, and I don't know, maybe they'll announce it then.
1: Maybe. So, yeah, I would imagine. So, uh, yeah, but great promo. Uh, Speaking of great promos, we have, which I think was the best part of the show, the Inner Circle and Pinnacle Parlay. Uh, This was awesome. It's basically what I've been asking. It's
0: exactly what you wanted. I saw this and I was like, this is what Kyle wanted.
1: (laughs) Yes, this is, and listen. I I didn't hate the first promos, but I kept saying, like, I would love it if they did this. And as I said, this is exactly what this was. Um, basically, everybody got to cut promos here, really except for Wardlow and Hager, who were just the, the muscle guys staring at each other the whole time. But everybody got to come out. They basically had a standoff. They had their own security. Like, basically, Pinnacle come out first. They've got a bunch of security goons with them. Uh, then we have uh, the inner circle come out. They have uh, some biker guys come out, drive their motorcycles on the stage. And then everybody comes out it's just like an awesome presentation. The only thing uh, I'm nitpicking here and reaching, but I wish they would have done the thing with like, uh, I forget who did this last, but they had to have like security separate them. So they just had a line of security. I think it was like Brock Lesnar and somebody it might've been like Lesnar and I don't know who else, Strowman or like some giant, yeah, but they had like security basically all across the ring, just like separating these guys. It's, I wish they would have done something like that, but yeah, they had, last,
0: they had the guys out there with the motorcycles and stuff, but they didn't really do anything.
1: I know what I'm saying. Like, I wish they would have just like had them like in the ring drawing a line basically. So these guys for sure yeah. couldn't touch each other. Cause they did get it in each other's face a lot in this match. And I was like, I was kind of waiting for them to come to blows and just beat the snot out of each other, but they didn't. Or they
0: could have had some sort of thing where Tony Khan was like, if you start a fight, then you get a disadvantage or whatever, something like that. But
1: Yes. Yeah. So, basically, they come out and say, you know, Tony Schiavone goes over the rules of the match, and it's war games, as we all expected. Uh, they say they're going to have a coin toss to see who gets the advantage. But Spears interrupts and says the pinnacle deserves the advantage. Just because uh, he calls out Sammy Guevara. Uh, he says that he was going to step on his head while he drowns. And Guevara takes the mic from him and says, I don't believe you for a second because ever since you've been, come to AEW, you've been a failure. And hey, you are even a failure at the place you used to work at. A, AKA WWE.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Guevara says, you know what? I'll start the match. I don't care. We'll give, the, we'll give you the advantage. And uh, I'll beat up you and whoever else, you know, gets the advantage to start out with. So just like that, Pinnacle has the advantage. Which, I mean, is all right. Because Gavara is like a fighting baby face. But at the same time, it's like, I wish at least he would have said something like, I mean, I know I'm just nitpicking, but hey, it's what I do. Uh, I wish he would have just been like, I'll beat you so fast. It won't matter whether you have the advantage or not. Like, for him to just say, like, I'll be you and whoever up, it's just like, I mean, you are saying you're going to get, like, two-on-one here and just kind of walking into it, but it's whatever. So they basically just gave the advantage to the pinnacle, which, hey, in a War Games match is how it's supposed to work. Because, listen, NXT did the exact same thing when they actually had War Games, and they had the babyface to get the advantage, and it made absolutely no sense, and they could never build up heat in the match. So they're at least doing it right. (laughs) hell yeah, <laughs> the get the yeah. advantage going in uh yeah and then uh we got um f t r cutting a promo um they said that if santana ortiz if if they bring in the same version that they've been basically the sanitized version that follow around Jericho and are his lap dogs then uh you know they're not gonna have any problem with them so they're not afraid of they're not afraid of' them. they're not afraid to die and they bring up Santana and Ortiz's kids. They say that um, they recommend that they tell their kids that Daddy ain't coming home. And uh, obviously Santana and Ortiz are getting fired up. Uh, Ortiz had to uh, come his partner down. Santana grabbed the mic and said, "FDR would be locked in the cage with them." And uh, yeah. what else did he say? Oh, uh, I can't. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was awesome. <laughs>
0: He was talking uh, about
1: um, Oh yeah, yeah. He said um he said that they would be locked in a cage and said that FTR has never been locked up like they have. Yeah. And uh, basically said that they wouldn't be lap dogs, they would be like, you know, animals. And yeah, just just Santana's been on fire with these promos lately.
0: Honestly, I think Santana is the second best promo. he's definitely the second best promo in the inner circle, but I yeah. think he's on MJF's level. Like I know MJF always gets to shine. And obviously Jericho's a step above the rest of them because of his experience, but I think Santana, given the opportunities, man, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for him to finally get the spotlight. Him and Ortiz, Santana's so good, man. That sit down interview they did when he lost his eye or whatever against Moxley,
1: yeah, uh,
0: he's so good. He just really needs a couple of more opportunities to shine like this. I think he's he's very very good, and they don't need to they don't need to waste too much time with him, you know.
1: And I'm totally fine if after this there's still like some residual, like, you know, pinnacle and inner circle going on to where like FTR has a match with Santana Ortiz. I'd be fine with that. Um, I mean, you would imagine they would do that before blood and guts and that would kind of be the blow off. But yeah, honestly, if they could find a way to do it, I wouldn't mind it. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a shame that we are not getting a, you know, straight tag team match with these guys before blood and guts, but, Um,
0: I would like to see babyface Santana Ortiz take the titles off of the Young Bucks, please.
1: Sure. It'd be great. And listen, they deserve something after this, the way they've been cutting promos. And they really haven't had their time to shine. They've been in the inner circle, but they've been heels for the most part of their, you know, the early part of AEW. And now they're babyfaces. Like, they could be a top babyface tag team in this division. And um, I mean, who else is there? Jurassic Express? SU maybe? I wouldn't. I mean, Best Friends are top of the rankings, but honestly, in all seriousness, I wouldn't consider them like a top babyface team. They they're, they're like an upper mid card, but like, I just am not convinced they're like a top team where I could see Santana and Ortiz being that. So yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're awesome. very
0: good. I like Best Friends, but they're not up to Santana and Ortiz level.
1: Right. So no, I agree with that. So um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think after this, they should definitely get that push. And I mean, Santana is like. On his own, you know, I, I'm sure Ortiz can, you know, drop some good promos as well, but Santana's just like on another level right now with these promos. And he's just so believable. Like it, it takes, it, it, that's, you know, half the battle. And he's, yeah, yeah, for FCR to, you know, make that promo and then him just answer back saying like, you guys haven't been locked up. We have, it adds some credibility. Like it's very much the same way that Usos have been, you know, when they were kind of hot as a tag team and cutting great promos. It's very much you know, kind of what it reminds me of. Just very believable. have yeah, all seen their very... bug shots, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh so they were awesome here. And speaking of awesome, we had MJF addressing Jericho. Uh Actually taking a turn that you wouldn't have think he would. He actually thanks and praises Chris Jericho for the first half of this promo. Says he's going to give him credit. He put AEW on the map saying AEW might not, not even be here without him. But it comes with a lot of pressure. And, uh, he was like, the crown is heavy, basically saying he has to come out and hit a home run every week to put food on the whole locker room's table. He, he sees that Jericho looks exhausted each week. His eyes are bloodshot and he understands it. he's like, the crown is heavy. Um, but he says, you don't have to worry about it anymore because come blood and guts, I'm going to do the humane thing. I'm going to put you down. I'm going to take the crown. I'm going to be at the top of the mountain and I'll take it from you. Just an awesome, awesome heel promo with like a hint of truth in there, but still like being able to just, just, you know, you know, be just a complete dick the entire time to do it. uh, Jericho, he just does what MJF does. Like just a fantastic promo.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. It was great. And then Jericho answers back saying he calls him a self-righteous, self-gratifying little prick. Says that you're right. When I was 25, I was curtain jerking in WCW, but you know what else I was doing? I was headlining arenas around the world in Japan and Mexico. I earned my respect. I got where I got uh, by doing, you know, all these things, uh, earning my credibility. And AJF wants the spot. Sure, he could beat him a blood and guts, but he has to earn the spot. He can't just, you know, win one match and take this. He said he has to, you know, he has to earn, you know, everything he gets. But he says, at Blood and Guts, basically, uh, you know, basically says, we are Blood and Guts, talking about the inner circle. And said, if 1969 was the summer of love, 2021 is going to be the summer of pain and violence, and a Blood and Guts, summer starts early for MJF. Just an awesome, awesome babyface. Basically, as awesome as MJF's heel promo was, Jericho's babyface promo was equally awesome. Like,
0: It's so funny how he gets so hot, though, and his face gets so
1: red. But it shows that he's actually...
0: It's very, like, 1980s wrestling, though, like, super passionate, super into it, which you don't really see a whole lot anymore.
1: These guys were, like, sweating bullets and veins were popping on their forehead and they're turning beet red. That's Chris Jericho. That's true. (laughs) Hey, listen, his eyes are bloodshot and he is... You know, exhausted. Yeah, when and, he was like, talking about exhausted, says, how exhausted but, and
0: everything he looks, my wife was like, you know, he really does. I was like, yeah, that's what all the alcohol will do to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, just an awesome promo. Like, you couldn't ask for a better blow off promo heading into next week. Like, I mean, to me, the best thing on the show and just fantastic. I, like, I just, I almost turned the show off because I was just like, it's not getting any better. But yeah, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed it.
1: So then we had um, uh, Eddie Kingston versus Michael Nakazawa, which never really happened. We had Nakazawa who's just like sitting in a chair in the ring on his laptop or something. Kingston come out. He comes out with like a microphone. He was like, I'm not doing this sports entertainment crap. Uh, He tells Nakazawa to get out of the ring. Omega walks out. This is one of the segments that just like felt very rushed. Like, it felt very thrown together. Like we need a match for blood and guts for these guys. We're just going to throw this together and build something up. Uh, So basically Omega walks out on stage. Kingston says uh, like, we, you know, we want you Omega. We want to match with you. I don't want this geek. Uh, Omega says, he's like, dude, you don't get me. I'm the superstar. Basically, Nakazawa tries to attack Kingston from behind with the laptop. Uh, Kingston fights it off. Hits him with a, with a suplex and a spinning back fist. Kills the dude. Kingston grabs a chair. Goes to pilmanize his leg by, you know, wrapping it with a chair, threatening to break his ankle. Says, if you don't come out here and get in the ring, I'm breaking his ankle. And Omega, like a complete bang, yeah. says, dude, go ahead. Nakazone knows what he's getting into. Yeah. Uh, so he, he goes to do it, basically says, you know what? Here's, here's another goon of ours, Brendan Cutler. He sends out Cutler, but Cutler gets like, Thrown through the entrance, which is like very confusing for a second. When all of a sudden, uh, John Moxley comes out, attacks uh, Omega from behind. He beat up Cutler as well. He takes Omega, throws him into the ring. Uh, he basically puts him in a choke, chokes him out, and then they threaten to break his ankle with a chair. And uh, tells Callus, if you don't make a tag match with uh, Omega with us next week at Blood and Guts, we're gonna break his ankle. So uh, they threatened to do it like Moxley runs around the ring like several times and like jumps there like he's going to stop on the chair until Calus finally gives and gives him the match. So I think it's what is it? Uh, Omega and Nakazawa next week versus Kingston and Moxley.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. love the part where Kingston was like berating Kenny like uh, if you don't come out here, I'm going to break his ankle. You need to come down here right now. I'm gonna break his ankle. And Kenny's like, "Are you telling me that if I don't come down there right now, you're gonna break his ankle?" It was it was such good good stuff. I really liked it. It was, I, I, but I know this was really good work by Kenny in his character.
1: It was, but it, it felt like they said, "All right, guys, we need a match. Like we need a setup for the blood and guts match we're gonna have." just go out there and do something. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, it was just very, it was good. Cause it, I mean, we I think it Kingston would have been more Max effective League. if
0: they actually like had Kingston and, and, and Nakazawa start the match, the bell rang and everything. It, it could have been done better.
1: Like it's, it's, it felt like it was just very rushed and not really thought out is I guess what I'm trying to say. Like they did what they had to do. They said, the
0: I do kind of hate what they're doing to Brandon Cutler. I understand he's there for a paycheck or whatever. And it's good that he's on TV, but, he was just getting a win streak and everything on dark and now he's just getting embarrassed.
1: Well, I mean if he's going to join the heel group, he's going to be a geek now, very much like Nakazawa is. Like he's just going to be a punching bag. So, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Like he's he's Brandon Cutler, he's not like it's going to, you know, he's not going to win the TNT championship anytime soon. And when he's he goes back to being a babyface someday, he could, you know, go back to having a win streak on dark. I think it's fine. But yeah, the, the, the segment to me felt very rushed just to get the segment uh, or basically the match next week set up. It it was what it was. They did what they had to do. But yeah, could have been better.
0: I liked it. I didn't think I it was, was fine. That. It was it, little it, weird. A little weird, yeah, but I thought it was good.
1: Yeah. So after this, we had uh, Taz being interviewed by Shivani. Uh, he says Brian Cage is the number one contender, which is is that official or...
0: I'll be honest, I don't remember this segment happening. I don't remember Tony Schiavone interviewing Taz.
1: Well, basically, he got interrupted by Christian Cage immediately. So um, Christian interrupts him and says, Taz used to be one of the baddest dudes on the planet. Uh, He would come out, you know, make people tap out, and he deserved all the accolades that he got. But now he's old. He can't do it anymore. So he basically got all, all these, you know, the young guns who are very talented, and he knows that they are. So basically, he's taking credit for all the things that they're doing. But he's just jealous that uh, he sees someone like Christian who is very le- much like him. He was retired for seven years, but decided, you know what? I want to make a comeback. And now he's coming back. He's successful and Taz can handle it. And he wishes that he could be Christian. So he not, he wasn't being a jerk about it. He's just like, that's, you know, he's just telling it like it is. Yeah. So saying like, um, basically said, uh, hey, I know that's what you want to be, Taz. But if you're going to see, see, uh sing <laughs> If you're gonna send Team Taz out after me, I'll have, be happy to take them out one by one. So, like I said, it's setting up a Christian versus Team Taz thing, but it's kind of confusing because we have like a Team Taz versus Hangman thing going on. So, I mean, it only makes sense to kind of bring them all together. But yeah, maybe I, I they not gonna
0: send them. I think they should do Christian versus Kenny at Double or Nothing, but I could. I could see him doing Hangman and Christian versus Team Taz at Double or Nothing as well. Either yeah. way, it'll be good.
1: Uh, I, and I don't know, because they, they say that, um, I don't even know if it was Shivani or if it was Taz that said, I just heard them say Brian Cage is the new normal contender. But I don't think it was yeah. Taz saying it because he beat Paige. But, yeah, if, especially if Orange Cassidy won, I don't know if that's true. Because uh, I don't even think Cage is in the I top five of the rankings. I think
0: that's true. He wasn't. I think this brings him up to like seven and one, but Orange Cassidy's like eight zero. Oh, so,
1: yeah, and pages eight you oh zero going in. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if this made him automatically number one contender. But I think the I only would thing like... that
0: would make Brian Cage automatically number one contenders if he went to school at the University of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe. That's uh, an inside but...
0: joke there for college football fans. Yeah, I say as an Alabama fan, roll tide.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna move on from that. Uh (laughs) but uh yeah, I I of all things that can come out of this, I think I want to see most cage and page versus cage and the rest of Team Taz.
0: (laughs) I want to see uh, Brian Cage team up with Ethan Page.
1: Sure. Then we'll have a match. (laughs) Yeah, so um yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Christian Cage fusion with feuding with Team Taz, and so is Hangman Page. Uh After this, we got Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Um, Good match. Uh, I've been very impressed with Chris Statlander. I mean, she's, I mean, listen, she's, she's great, a great worker. I'm not a huge fan of the alien gimmick. They've kind of, she's just kind of been hanging out with best friends and is still kind of doing it, but not like in a completely weird, like she's not cutting a promo with Tony Schiavone and like she's just like touching his nose and stuff. So, it's fine.
0: She did several times in the match, though.
1: I mean, she's doing that, but like that's about it.
0: (laughs) I don't like how she's using Orange Cassidy's music. I think it's dumb to spend all this money and get Orange Cassidy this actual song to make it his actual theme song and then have the rest of the best friends use it. It's stupid. I don't like that at all.
1: Well, I would imagine they're not paying for it every time they use it. It's just like they have free will to use it. And so, it's just like the best friends theme.
0: Yeah, but Best Friends theme song is better than this song, first of all, for the Best Friends. And also, Chris Statlin needs her own theme song. You don't see Kane coming out of The Undertaker's theme song. Yeah, it's a great theme song, but theme songs are supposed to be individual, and this kind of takes away the individuality of his theme song. It's true. Theme songs are very important to me in wrestling.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen, they are very important.
0: They're like a um, huge deal in wrestling. Like When I was super into wrestling growing up, I had spurt CDs that I probably stole from you actually of wrestling theme songs. And like, that was a big deal to me. Like a wrestler's theme song was a lot of whether or not I liked him. If you had a good theme song, I liked you. If you didn't, I didn't care about you that much, but, uh, <laughs> it's
1: what I like about a uh, hangman. So one thing I yeah, like about his theme song's a lot. great. So I remember it's like
0: iconic and, and simple. I I kind of would would put Hangman's theme song together with a uh, Stone Cold's kind of it's, it's simple, but it's got that instant ta- instantaneous when it happens you know who it is. And if it it's obviously a Stone Cold's got the the break breaking glass, yeah, it, yeah, it's great. We could have a whole round table about theme songs and our favorite <laughs> wrestling theme songs.
1: I guess it's just because it's Chris Satlander, and she's an alien, and I don't really care for that gimmick. But she's with the best friend, so it's like ah. Eh. It can if work she came within out to the realm. Best
0: Friends theme, I would get that more. But they actually well, have I had think the Best this is Friends their theme. a couple times coming out to... Well, on Dark, they came out to the Best Friends theme, but a couple times they came out to the new song. And I don't know. I really don't like it at all. Like, it really, really bothers me. Like, it legit bothers me that they're not coming out in the Best Friends theme, which is one of the best AEW, uh, like, unique themes. Yeah, Orange Cassidy shouldn't come out to it. By any means. I think the new song is great for Orange Cassidy. Yeah. But I don't know. I hate it.
1: <laughs> well, it's like anyway. Triple,
0: like, like when Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels were DX, right? If right. Triple H comes out, he's still going to use the Triple H theme. Shawn Michaels is still going to use Sexy Boy. But when they're yeah, together, they nice. use the DX. Only one
1: theme. He had the King of Kings for his like entrance and then the Gang yeah. of 21.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Shawn Michaels still did Sexy Boy. But when they come out together, they use DX. That's fine. That's what it should happen.
1: True, she did have her own uh video package with the song, so at least she had that.
0: I don't care about video packages. <laughs> you're the graphics uh, guy.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it, she's got something though. Like she, I think she could be. Like I honestly just wish she would drop the whole alien gimmick all together. I love the alien just, gimmick. I think it's great. Yeah, listen. You don't like her. Th- you you're <laughs> ranting about the theme song, but you're okay with her being an alien.
0: Are you, are you okay with the Undertaker being a dead man? Are you okay with Kane being a mentally challenged superhero? Sure. Are you, are you okay they, with,
1: with them? They're, they're also not booping people's noses when they're fighting them. They're killing them. Like At least Undertaker's actually throwing people into the grave. I don't see Chris Statlander abducting people.
0: I mean, Hurricane was kind of the same way. He was a guy who thought he was a superhero, and he did a lot of crazy, funny, wacky stuff in the ring. I mean, I like Santino Morello when he was, like, using the snake-cobra-saco thing. I think comedy and wrestling is good. And I don't mind it at all. And I think but, it sets her aside. And I also think her new look, since she's came back, makes her look like a superstar. Like, her hair is great. I think the quarter face paint... It looks like a Christmas tree. I don't get what it's supposed to be, but I like it. I think it's cool.
1: Yeah, she's got a good look. It's just, yeah... So I don't mind her being a alien.
0: person who thinks she's an alien. I would well, have more of a problem give her like if they like a were trying to say like, she's actually an alien, but...
1: If they gave her, like, some sort of... Back, like, I, I don't even think I've heard a backstory of, like... I just hear she's an alien, and, like, she doesn't talk, and she boops people's noses, like...
0: I don't think AEW really does backstories to their characters. I mean, you think about it... If you're
1: gonna you know, say like, someone's an alien, you should at least, like, explain a little bit of, like, what that means. If she... So here's my, here's my whole argument and one reason why. Like if she was just like a nobody, it's the thing that like Abaddon, I'm not too concerned about Abaddon being like a zombie woman or whatever. Like she's Abaddon. She's going to be what she is. But I don't see her being like a serious, she's not going to be the like Britt Baker level heel in the women's division. So she could be what she is. I, I think Chris Statlander in. could be, like she's one of the most, like the quickest, strongest, like well-rounded in the ring workers in the women's division. She could be their top baby face if they want her to be. I don't think she could be that if she's an alien booping people on the nose.
0: Maybe. I mean, I can kind of see where you're coming from in that, in that regard, but I don't think it's bad that she's like, if she wants to be the top face of the company. Yeah. Maybe she needs a different gimmick, but I don't he, think Lucha Swords is a
1: dinosaur, but he also question mark kicks people's heads off. So I'm kind of I'm okay, I'm kind of okay with him doing whatever he wants. Yeah,
0: but in the same vein, I'm Lucha not going to tell him he's not going to carry the belt, right?
1: He could carry like, the tag belts, and yeah, and he, Jungle he, Boy's with him. It kind of makes he's him, not going to
0: be the top face of the company, though. He's not going to be top of the no, main division, right? No,
1: but I can see Statlander if taken more serious. Like if they and honestly, listen, it doesn't even take that much. Like I think her look is cool. If they want to say she's an alien, that's fine. But if she's like a comedy alien, that's where like I kind of fall off the train. Like I think the cave name favorite- is
0: she thinks she's an alien. Just like Abaddon thinks she's a zombie. She's just a girl in cosplay, as have said. You know, it's not she is an alien. She thinks she's an alien.
1: Well, then she's just insane. And like,
0: <laughs> Well, that's a lot of wrestlers.
1: It's true. But one of my favorite movies in the Marvel universe is mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy and there's a lot of aliens in that movie but they're awesome. Like she could be an awesome alien. Like she could be a warrior from another planet from the Andromeda galaxy or whatever she's from. Like she could be that. That's cool. But like just like with none of that information. I think they need to do some cool
0: backstage stuff where she like abducts people. Like they do it on BTE, but they do it very poorly, but they need to do an actual thing where she like abducts somebody and like starts a biopsy or something. And there's like an actual set and everything. Then they could do some cool stuff like that and make it work. And then she gets arrested (laughs) (laughs) for kidnapping. I don't
1: know if I'd like to abduct people and or probe them or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I agree that if they do some type of segment with her to better explain why she thinks she's an alien or if she's actually an alien, just something to legitimize her as like a character that I can get behind and cheer for, not just an, someone who thinks she's an alien who boots people, people on the noses and wants to date orange Cassidy. Yeah. I, uh, did you see the bottom dark line segment is with
0: her? Did you see the dark segment with her? I thought it was really funny.
1: N- no, I don't think so.
0: So leading up to this match on I believe it was Elevation, she cut a promo on Penelope Ford and it was very good. And in the promo, she mentions how Chuck Taylor just taught her a bunch of swear words and then the whole rest of the promo is like Penelope Ford, you're a beep, 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 beep it's Just the whole thing is just it's just profanity. But it's all beeped out. And it's like thirty seconds long. And then they cut to Penelope Ford listening to the promo and they're like, She said what? <laughs> It was really good. I thought it was funny. I've never
1: even heard her speak on dynamite.
0: So they talk about how like she's an alien or whatever. Right. And they work it in that they taught her these things. I think stuff like that is really funny and it can really work.
1: Sure. But I haven't seen any of it on dynamite. And it's true. They do need to. I, have more I don't know. On like, dynamite. I don't know. to
0: have more women's development on dynamite in general. It's very true.
1: That's very true. We've talked about that. And yeah. Regardless, we're,
0: doing a way we're more talking about now, aliens.
1: Though. Yeah, way too much on this match. That was good, but it was Chris Atlander killing Penelope Ford, hitting her with her awesome pile driver move. Uh, Kip tried to get involved at the end, but Orange Cassidy stopped him. Uh, I thought Miro was going to come out and at least play distraction
0: and too, kill yeah.
1: Kip Sabian, but we did get it later in the show. I was going to be disappointed if we didn't see a murder by, because uh, <laughs> Miro has been awesome leading up to this. And I was like, as soon as I saw Kip Sabian was going to be on the show from last week, I was I was just like, oh no, he's yeah, what dead. A
0: segment we got from him later in the show too. We'll talk. About That's true. That.
1: But I was disappointed after this. I was like, oh my god, they're they're not going to just ignore this, are they? But no, they didn't, and I'm very thankful. Yeah, uh, Preston Tin Vance cut a promo after this. Preston uh, Tin Vance, <laughs> yes, he uh, he cut uh, a promo on this TNT Championship. Uh, talked about memories with Mister Brody Lee. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. And he had the Brody Lee armband on during the match as well. So, yeah, good promo. Uh, we'll, we'll zoom through this since we spent so much time on the uh, women's match on various things, mainly because I don't think either of us care about this match. I admittedly fast forwarded through this. I think Mike, you said he fell asleep during it. Till the I very definitely,
0: end. definitely fell asleep during this match. Not it was even QT Marshall,
1: Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo with Anthony Agogo versus. Dustin Rhodes, Billy Gunn, and a. Lee Johnson. Basically, uh, it was a match. Anthony Go Gogo punching people in the stomach. The factory got the win. I
0: hate that move so much. Let's talk about how much we hate that move. Isn't it so stupid? <laughs> it's it's dumb. so dumb. It's so uh, dumb. It's like the freaking golden gun from GoldenEye in multiplayer. It's like, oh, this one guy could just beat everybody because he just has to hit them once and he wins. Like, That's not, that's not a balanced game you're running here. Sucks. It's a stupid move. It was stupid when he beat that jobber with it and they did a ref stoppage. It looks terrible. I hate it. Yeah.
1: It at least needs a setup. Like uh yeah, yeah. It, it needs some type of setup or something. Cause like it can't just be like an RKO because like why would you do it, you know, or why wouldn't you just do it at the beginning of the match? Um Yeah,
0: well, so, why would you just walk in, punch him, and leave?
1: Yeah. Why not? He you might do that, which would not be good. <laughs> but that's why anyway. he didn't it, get that
0: jobber. Pretty much. Basically, but...
1: So, yeah, nothing match. Um, the, uh, then we got...
0: The, the factory came in on the Nightmare Family bus, which makes no sense.
1: Yeah, How, and they're like, oh, did they steal the bus? We we don't know. So, they, they're they on the well,
0: Nightmare I mean, Bus. L- let's skip ahead. Let's spoil it a little bit. Later yeah. in the match, Cody comes out of the bus. Did they it was just, after the match. Yeah, but did they steal the bus while Cody was on it? He was in the bus, like...
1: Maybe he had a spare key and he just got in it.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it is his bust. It wouldn't make sense for him to have a spare key, but I don't know. I thought it was kind of stupid.
1: Yeah, but uh, basically, after the match, Camarado attacked Dustin uh, with a bell. The factory walked to the back. Uh, Marshall decided to uh, taunt some more, which brought out the Gun Club. Uh, they you know, started to beat him up. Uh, he walked. Marshall walked out to the Nightmare Express, and that's when you said Cody Rhodes made his return. Just yeah, I I just don't care about this. Honestly, also, they got on, they got on top of the bus and were like fighting, and then they just like cut away, and that was it.
0: Like, so earlier we had the inner circle parlay, right? The pitiful, right? Two huge factions, a lot of a lot of steam behind them. It's yes. like this is a different show. <laughs> it literally, it's like I turned on TNA yeah like it's not the same level. it's not I don't know why. like I know I've kind of been easy on the factory storyline and everything because I think it's gonna elevate a gogo who had a very good promo a few weeks ago and Camarado who's going to be a monster, and I thought he looked really good in this match. I did watch some of it back. um Lee Johnson had a really good spot where he got some heat uh, with the comeback, but this is not the same level. As the inner circle, as the pinnacle, uh, I get that you have to have mid card fuse or whatever, but I don't know, just something about this segment. Uh,
1: this belongs on sleep, dark, in my opinion.
0: It's not, it's not the top tier quality that we're get we're supposed to be getting. And then next week on Blood and Guts, like they're gonna they're gonna sully Blood and Guts with QT versus Cody. Like,
1: hey, if it that if it brings the story to an end, I'm fine with it.
0: It's not. There's no way it brings it short <laughs> to an end. This is going to go on for months.
1: You know what it reminds me of? It, listen, and I, I, I like Cody. I think he's great. I think he's. I mean, I'm I'm guessing he's just kind of taking it easy because he's got a baby on the way, and he doesn't want to like get into like a top program and do whatever. Um, and maybe he's just maybe he's just like you know taking a backseat and just slowly kind of just doing what he wants. But this program on this show you know, getting this airtime for, you know, for, like I said, it belongs on dark, but it's on the main show. It reminds me of, it reminds me of Adam Sandler getting all his buddies and like renting an island for like a month (laughs) and making like grownups and grownups too. And all that, like, it's like all of Cody's friends and just people he wants to put over.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. I get it. Yeah.
1: But like it has no business on the show, <laughs> like, it's yeah, yeah. It's Cody is like the only star in this group, not like forever. I'm not saying like they, they just never belong in the show, but like yeah, there's there's like Solo who's like a, a guy who's like only been on Dark. Camarado looks the part, but like he's very green, needs some more ring time. Agogo probably is the same way. Marshall is like. I mean, he, he came out in a bowling shirt and he looks like he bo- is like a professional bowler. <laughs> he just doesn't yeah. look like, you know, a top guy. I mean, I don't
0: I hate the look. I think the look kind of is, is interesting, but it doesn't make him look like a man of better.
1: Yeah, he should not be feuding with the EVP of this company, but it's whatever. Yeah, it's I think thing. definitely
0: taking a step back with the baby on the way, going into a more of a backstage role. Um. And I think I this is
1: all his doing, and it's just like his little thing, and this is his little program he's doing until the baby comes. Yeah, and then yeah, and that's fine. But after. it
0: is taking away valuable time they could be using on something actually interesting.
1: Yes, and they bought a bus for it. I don't. I mean, I don't know if he had a bus already, but
0: no, he he already had a bus. He bought the bus whenever Brandy got pregnant to travel back and forth from Atlanta.
1: Got you. So yeah,
0: but then he made it look like freaking Tiger King mixed with Ted Nugent. Yeah, it's got like,
1: a dog, <laughs> dog on there with Pharaoh. It's got a dog. It's
0: got the, the like, <laughs> I saw somebody comment that it's really funny. He put the Nightmare Family logo on the neck of the bus, <laughs> which he pretty much did. <laughs>
1: he needs, like, a a designer or somebody to talk to him about his artistic dreams. He, needs, he, needs, yeah, art he needs someone
0: to tell him that his design, like, he, he got that money, right? He got that money. He got that, that. that creative freedom. And he's just doing whatever he wants. And somebody needs to tell him not to do that. Yeah, Like I agree. the the nightmare family jacket and everything. Like, oh my gosh, man. <laughs> it screams Georgian who got a bunch of money.
1: Yeah. It's not too far off from Dusty Roads. Yeah. He really is, is he is uh, the son of a son of a plumber. So yeah. But anyway, uh yeah, it is what it is. So yeah, next week Blood and Guts will get hopefully the blow off QT versus Cody, but we'll see. And then we had the main events: Darby Allin versus 10.
0: Nope, 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 nope. Before we had that, we had Kip Sabian backstage. Oh, yeah, that's right. I I, I
1: missed over that. I love
0: this segment. We can't go over it.
1: Yes, you're very right. My apologies. It was
0: was so good. Uh, So Kip Sabian is backstage. He's walking around looking for Miro, and he walks into Miro's dressing room. And he says, "Uh, hey, hey, Miro, what's – and Miro just goes – all out. He takes him. He throws him against the garage door, which always makes a great sound. He grabs him. He throws him in the garage door again. Miro's like screaming like, Miro, no, no, no. He's Miro's shouting that nobody's going to stop him. He throws Kip Sabian into the lockers and in the perfect camera angle, you can only see Miro's back, basically completely shadowing Kip. And he just punches the locker as hard as he can. Makes a terrible sound. It looks like he just punched kip's lights out, right? It's it's so good. He drags his lifeless body over to the door and he holds him in the door. He slams him into the door looking like he just broke this man's arm. And then he reaches down and he hugs him and he says, "I forgive you, Kip." And Kip's just sitting there screaming in pain and he walks out. Like, "Oh my gosh, what a real just I into abusive relationships here. Like, Oh my gosh, the stuff with his arm and, and the hugging afterwards. Like, Oh my God, it was so real. Like it was like, it made me feel something like I, I, it was almost too real for me. Like (laughs) it's really good that wrestling can make you feel things, but man, like this was, this is great. This is exactly what Miro needs to be. He's just a psychopath.
1: Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I, I love I love this new Miro. I mean, it's he was always one of my favorites in WWE. And, uh, I mean, he got an awesome tank entrance at WrestleMania. They, you know, build him up forever just to get killed by John Cena. But even when he was like a babyface in WWE, he was always one of my favorites. And I always thought, like, he's so entertaining on, like, an up, up, down, down. And he's a good worker. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they don't run with the ball with him. This guy could be awesome. And he has, he did have awesome. It's not like he was a complete flop in WWE, like you know someone like Ricochet. But it, it just like never. It's like they never get, put him to his full potential. Like yeah. now we're seeing what this guy can do. And... and his
0: and his problem coming into AEW was he had never been in control of his creative. You know, he'd never had creative freedom because he started in WWE. Basically, I mean, he had like a little bit leading up to it. But he basically started in WWE. He never really had to do his own thing, write his own story, create his own character. And it took him a little bit when he came in. Like a lot of his stuff when he came in, I thought was not very good. But this is exactly who he needs to be and exactly where he needs to be. I love love this version of Miro.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, keep doing you, Miro. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, love it. Now we can talk about the main event.
1: Now we have the main event: uh, Darby Allen versus Ten Sting. Obviously, with Darby Allen and Dark Order with Ten. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. That was a really good match. Um, basically, again, Darby Allen gets killed by this giant man. Uh, I mean, he looks very impressive. Um, Ten did, and not Darby. It was impressive. Ten, the beating Darby. Ten remind
0: you a lot of a young John Cena, like body type wise.
1: Sure. And yeah, uh, I mean, at him, I mean I, and I've seen him without the mask. He's a good-looking dude. Like he has a chance to be like a big star with them. Like down the road, like he's got the look. Uh, if he ever takes that mask off and just you know becomes his own person later down the road, like I think he could be like a really big single star for them. Yeah. Um, and I
0: can always say that I was there for his very first AEW match that was never televised.
1: Oh, well, nice.
0: Yeah, Preston Vance and Sean Spears versus the Young Bucks. It was at the homecoming Jacksonville show. And they never televised it, never did a dark. Like, it's supposed to go on dark, but then they pivoted. And uh, that match wasn't on dark, and then he went to the dark order.
1: So Huh, maybe that's why, because they masked him up right away.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, this was a, just a really good match. Uh, as I said, it was like, basically just Tim just killing Darby the entire match. Just, you know, throwing him around and beating him down just like everybody has uh, been doing all week or, or, you know, the last couple of weeks. Um, eventually spilled onto the floor. Uh, Ten sent uh, Darby into the barricade. Um, uh, Darby got up on the top rope and dove onto Ten and Allen Angels. Um, Sting in the dark order, faced off for like a little bit. Uh, when the official was distracted, Ethan Page then ran in and threw Darby Allen into the post. So page and Scorpio sky still involved in this for some reason. So I'm I'm guessing they're going to be involved with Darby at some point. Uh, 10 afterwards was a little bit conflicted, but then, you know, kind of resumed, uh, his match. She basically hit like a wheelbarrow German suplex, uh, was trying to, you know, put Darby in the full Nelson. at One point Darby grabbed his mask and started tearing at his mask, like basically tore out one part of the eye, Mm -hmm. uh, um, basically 10 Eddie,
0: Eddie Ray Mysterio Halloween Havoc spot where you like tore the eye hole open.
1: Right. But Darby was doing it to save his own tail this time, basically, yeah. instead of just instead of being a heel, he
0: was doing it to save himself.
1: Yeah. Uh it's great when hurt.
0: they do that with Luchador though, because it like gives like a little bit of insight of what they look like. Right. But not and, like you uh, mask them.
1: And it made sense here because Darby's getting killed and he's like, I gotta do something to get this guy off me.
0: Yeah, he's got a scratching but, claw and get his, for sure. to, his to victory.
1: He then goes for a coffin drop on the guy, but he, he gets caught. Uh, he goes for, basically puts him in a full Nelson. Uh, Darby tries to fight it out, out of it again. He uh, manages to lock it in. So he's in it. Darby's fading, fading. I almost, I, like they had me for a second. I thought he's, are they going to give it to 10 here? Like it would be a huge win. But Darby uh, goes to the corner. He basically runs up the corner turnbuckle, falls back on 10, uh, is able to pin his shoulders down. 10 holding him in the, the, the move, uh, but 10 shoulders down. So the referee counts him one, two, three Darby sneaks out here, picking up the win. He's like gasping for air. It makes sense. Cause 10 is, uh, he's a big guy. He's impressive, but they do say that he's like, you know, you know, inexperienced. And so it kind of makes sense that he would get kind of pinned in this way and outsmarted, but he gets up, uh, after the match page, um, Ethan page, uh, runs out here. He distracts sting and Allen. Um and then uh Scorpio comes and makes an attack. Uh I I actually forgot to say 10 did help up Darby and kind of like um he handed him the Brody Lee armband um and uh as Dark Order left. And uh Darby held it up in the air and it was like a you know really nice moment. And then uh so then Dark Order leaves, and then Ethan Page comes out to distract Sting and Allen again. Which allows uh, Scorpio to come in from behind, takes out Sting's leg. Uh, then Ethan goes after Allen. They basically start, you know, beating them up. Um, they put Sting in a leg lock, like a a knee bar, basically. Uh, Sting's, you know, screaming in pain. Darby's like reaching out for him. This brings out Lance Archer, and um, uh, Tin comes back out with him. They run off the heels, and that's how we end the show. Um, so it looks like they're building up Archer to be involved with the Ethan page and Scorpio thing at some point. I don't know if it's going to be Darby and Archer versus Ethan page and, uh, Scorpio sky or how they're going to do it. But Archer is, he's made the save a couple weeks in a row now. So it's looking like he's siding with Darby here. Um, so yeah, I don't know exactly where they're going to go with it, but that's kind of what they're, you know, building to. So, uh, yeah, so that's what ended the show. Like I said, it was a good match, good uh, TNT title match as, they're at the, as they have been the last couple weeks. Um, and as I said, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are still involved with Sting and Allen, and Lance Archer is still in the mix as well. So uh, overall, like I said uh, at the beginning, it was a good show. It wasn't bad. Uh, you know, all the matches were, you know, very well done for the most part. Um, nothing really bad on the show. So even though it was like a show that you... Could have missed if you did catch it, it was fun to watch at the same time. So um yeah. really obviously the big show next is gonna be next week, Blood and Guts. And just a rundown again of uh what we have going on for Blood and Guts. We have Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall, Kenny Omega and Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Amanda Kingston, Britt Baker's gonna kill some jobber. We have SCU versus Jurassic Express, Varsity blondes. and the acclaimed. Um They also announced, I forgot to mention this, John Moxley versus uh, Yuji Nagata for the IWGP US Championship, which is going to be two weeks from now. The a New Japan
0: title is being defended on AEW.
1: Yeah, so that was a pretty big announcement.
0: That's a pretty big deal.
1: Um, But that's two weeks from now, not uh, on Blood and Guts. That's going to be on the regular Dynamite. and Guts. Yes. And then obviously the Blood and Guts main event, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, Micah, if you had to grade this show, what grade would you give it and give us your thoughts on it overall?
0: Uh, so to talk about the last match a little bit, I I thought the match was very good. I thought the way they ended it was very good. I hated Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky coming in and making Sting look like a goober. Didn't like nope. that at all. I don't like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky as a tag team. I don't know why they put them together. They're just two random guys they didn't know what to do with, so they stuck them together. I get that. I don't like that at all. They made Sting look weak. The whole point of bringing in Sting is to protect Darby and to be security and make Sting be Sting. Uh, Having him beaten by two dudes, two basically goobers at this point, is dumb. Didn't like that at all. Made him look like an old, old man. And they're, they're not protecting the image of Sting. They haven't done that since he came into AEW, but hey, whatever. Uh, the match was good, though. I thought the ending was really cool, having him break his way out of the finish. He scratched and clawed his way over the more powerful, stronger opponent. Good way to book that match. Uh, didn't like all the run-ins and stuff, but that's what you get. Uh, overall, I I think the show's probably a B-plus show. Like, yeah, it had really good matches. Um, it had some okay matches. Uh, it didn't have anything that really blew me away. Like I really loved the Kip Sabian Miro segment. That's probably my segment of the show right there. Uh, really? Young Bucks versus the Side Brothers was very good match, uh, but yeah, it wasn't like nothing like super blew me away. So I think it's a, it's a fair assessment to do a B plus.
1: Yeah, I actually completely agree with you. Um, I think the parlay was my favorite segment, just because it was just like an awesome promo. Very good. I did love the Miro segment too, so it's you know right up there for sure. Uh, I I like the. Um, Hangman and Brian Cage match. It kind of threw a curveball that you know, and made it a little bit noteworthy of a show uh, outside of the parlay. And then the main event was good. So beginning, middle, and end were all solid. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's a B plus show. Um, interested to see what's going to happen next week on Blood and Guts. Um, we'll definitely be back to review that uh, same time next week. And I would imagine Matt would like want to be with us on that show because he's going to be there live. It is, you know, a pseudo like pay-per-view, like the big show they do in between the pay-per-views. So um, I'm sure he'll want to be on that show, but we'll see. We'll be here to review it for sure. Same time. Uh, But we appreciate you guys once again for joining us. Uh, This was episode 170. Closing in on that upcoming 200. It's just getting closer and closer by the week. Uh, Yeah, we thank you guys for being along on the ride so far. Um, If you like the show, tell your friends about it. Uh, like this on Facebook um, share it wherever you want. just let people know if you enjoy the show because uh, we're definitely trying to grow our audience and um, yeah we love engaging with you guys as well so um, our social media once again is on Facebook and Instagram at Russell life Radio Russell life Pod on Twitter. you can find me only on Instagram at Kyle.polly. Um, you can find Micah on Facebook on uh, on the, on the uh, Facebook page from time to time. And Matt is Russell life, Matt on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I think it's it Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we will be back next week. Uh, oh, and I forgot to mention as well. You can listen uh, to us on any major podcast uh, station. We, you know, we go through um, uh, we're on Apple uh, iTunes on Spotify, basically anything you listen to. Um, but yeah, just, we appreciate you guys listening in. We love doing the show and uh, we will be back same time next week. Uh, Mike, any closing words you would like to say? Any shout outs?
0: I, I think you've got it all.
1: Awesome. Well, we will be back next week. Excited for Blood and gust for sure. So make sure you guys yeah. tune in for that. And we will see you guys then. Have a good week.
0: See ya.